So I'm thinking of referring to Alexander. And I can refer at the end of the first thing I'm, I was going to say, including Jason Alexander. <laughs> Worf's a strange son who has joined the Klingon Defense Force without his father's knowledge. Not that anything's wrong with that. <laughs> no? Jason, Al- Jason Alexander Rajenko. Or maybe I'll just say, from this point forward, I will refer to Alexander only as George. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple Garrick. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody hell. Hello and welcome to Listen to the Prophets. Today we are continuing our trek into the Deep Space Nine universe, one of the most underrated, although are we now not saying that anymore? I don't you think say it if you want to. Yeah, I think it's okay. come around. It's coming to its own. Yeah. So people hate it. When I come around. We're off the rails, and we're like three seconds. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Season six, episode three: Sons and Daughters, the masterpiece, the pinnacle. No, I can't back that up. So, (laughs) we are going to discuss that after we uh, do a little chit chat. With me, as always, as Dave likes to say, to my metaphorical left is Sir Andrew Leyland. Hello. And then to my metaphorical right is Dave Weeder. Hi, how you doing? And sitting on your metaphorical lap. I was going to say metaphorically <laughs> behind me is Paul Spataro. Ah! Hello. Either way, either way, that doesn't come out well. How was that? That was my Andy. Hello. 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 Why do you sound like Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> I sound, boy. Hello. I sound, boy. Now you did it. I can't do that as well with a cold. <sighs> I'm just looking just forward to when we, we get to this, the end of this and we're doing the Terry Thomas podcast. <laughs> I say, do you know Terry Thomas only ever prayed people like Algernon and Giles and, and shit like that. I have never met a single person called Algernon. You didn't get flowers for him? No, I yeah. did not get flowers for Algernon. Sadly, <laughs> or in the it. movie, it was called Charlie. Anyway, Phil Roberts or Phil Robertson, Cliff right? Robertson, Cliff Robertson. Who's the hell's Uncle Phil Ben? Robertson? Who's Phil Robertson? Huh. I don't know where that I, I, I don't think this is such pretty. Maybe it's like a, an uncle of yours or something. Is Maybe. He, I don't know. Klingon? <laughs> Klingon. Ugh. Yes, back to this episode. But before we get into this episode, I just want to say I've been uh, plugging along um, through uh, a stitch in time. And I think I messaged you guys about one scene I came across to where Garrick was playing soccer with a bunch of Federation delegates at a conference. And he was the goalie. And uh, after the first goal got by him, no goals got past him after that once he figured out the... None shall pass. Exactly. That was him. That was him. And I just read a scene to where he's talking to Gull Madrid. Anybody remember Gull Madrid? Yeah, he was in um, Next Generation. There are four lights. That episode. Oh, right. He was David David Warner. Warner. So I'm purposely reading that section slowly because in my head I'm reading David Warner's lines... Is David Warner and Garrick's lines is Garrick, and it's 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 
it's fun. It's fun. Now, this takes place after the invasion and uh, the things that Garrick's been doing. Uh-huh. The book is still leaping around between Garrick's past. I'm now into the point where he's an obsidian in the Obsidian Order. He knows Tain as his father. Spoiler. Um, his The man he thought his fought, what was his father has died. Um, and then it's jumping back forward in time to after the invasion and um, what he's... Uh, uh, basically, Gold Madrid comes to him and they want to... They're going to have elections in Cardassia, and Galmadred is like, "I'm going to have the man that cleans my cleans my shoes tell me how I'm going to live my life." So no, he's not real happy with democracy. So <clears throat> that's kind of what's going on there. Uh, do we have any, any Star Trek news? Yes. Ah, shoot. Go ahead. I know you. I believe it's about the upcoming um, the. Uh, documentary the documentary yeah it has finally found some distrib- distribution uh, i believe it's shout entertainment uh there'll be some theatrical release, shout. and then uh, hopefully by the time we hear this it's in our hand one way or the other Ooh, nice but that's good news because this is something i'm excited to see rubby little hands <laughs> mine 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 down 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 go 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 i'm rich i'm rich i have a deep space nine documentary of course this is be this is what september uh, by the time you hear this so yeah i would say probably by the time you hear this it's out Oh my god. Time travel? Why? Yeah. We live in a wormhole. Oh, and I can't escape its gravity. <laughs> well, I can't escape my own gravity, so. Oh, the oh, ghost gravity. As long as, we don't have to hear the, as long as we don't have to hear the background music during uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture when they're in the wormhole. Because <laughs> that would give me a headache. <laughs> Andy, you were saying? I was just saying, oop, the ghost gravity. It's an Eminem reference for people that, that like Eminem. Because M&M is that is, like like peanut M and M's or or peanut butter likes, or plain. He likes the, the Punisher on Netflix. M and M does. I love peanut M and M's. The Punisher on Netflix is okay too. I'm I'm only on episode four though. It's kind of slow. It's kind of slow. Oh my, we're in the same spot on that one. Oh, and, yeah, he, about, sorry. and he sang the theme to to Venom. 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 Really? Yeah. Wow. Kind of glad I missed that. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he's yeah. serious. That's the theme? Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom, 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 Venom. Venom. Yeah, I'm totally serious. Oh, that's they a reach. Had, they had the crew from Monty Python sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, that, that's it for, for news. Yeah, nothing on space baseball. Although maybe now they should have, like, space football, space soccer with Cardassians and Pac-Leds going at it. And, of course, the Pac-Leds would lose. The, in a Cardassian Klingon <laughs> soccer game, Bless everybody you. would end up dead except the goalies. Excuse me. Bless you. He had an allergic reaction to Cardassian soccer. I'm allergic to Cardassians. Always have. Always will. Like tribbles. <laughs> I see Andy going, (laughs) get it away from me. Oh, you're Scottish also. Get it away from me. Get it away from me. I I can't stand tribbles. I I don't like them. No, I'm not fond of tribbles. They're too hairy. Although, I can cook them and fry them, and then they taste right nice if I do that, but I have to shave all the hair off. i got to make me a tribble haggis. <laughs> Tribble. Tribble, they taste like chicken. <laughs> Tribble blood pudding. And the best thing is, if you keep a couple of them, you can get a decent meal after a day. And they breed like rabbits, so you're always in the ma- you always got plenty of food. Guy, it's great. Hey, this has been Tribble Talk. Tribble Talk. If it's, it's not a new tribbles, show. It's crap on it's it's a new show that we're piloting here and it's just how I bite you go cucking different tribbles. 
And I like my cooking of my trebles because you can saute them and you can eat them with veggies or you can fry them. And it's all very fascinating. Are I'm like Jamie Oliver. Uh, you tried the triple pizza. I don't think I've ever put triples on my pizza, no. You, Apparently you, people frown upon that. you got to slice them real thin. Oh, well, they squeak yeah. a lot if you do that. Oh, yeah, they don't like that, no. No, not, no not one they, bit. they're not fond of it at all. No, or or when you make them in a sausage. Nah. No. Nobody wants I, I to see like how the sausage, sausage. Nobody yeah. wants triple sausages, no. I mm, mm. Triple and bacon, though. No. Mm, bacon. So you think anybody's still listening? Uh, no. <laughs> no. We'll chase them all away. I'm going to do the rest of the episode in this uh, makeshift mock Irish Scottish. What is? What am I doing, Andy? I have no idea what you're no. doing. I'm it's just making it up. Terrible, it's, it's my Grant Morrison. It's no Grant Morrison by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I learned it. From, I learned it from you, Andy. Aye, but you sound like you're constipated. <laughs> well, you know that's how it goes. Aye, should we look at your stool sample and make well, sure that you're healthy? Aye, aye. So if anybody was still listening, there it went. Trying to make went. sure that they're not anymore. Huh? Andy just keeps me going. Aye, yeah. well I can keep this going all night. Hey, we, no, we, no, it's not night. We got to get the sons and daughters. Aye, Sons and Daughters was a great soap opera from Australia. I was a big fan. Oi! <laughs> what? <laughs> but I'm not going to attempt an Australian accent, because I think I've pissed off enough people already. On the field of battle, stop pretending to be a warrior. Warf's own son. All I ask is a chance to prove myself. Is his worst enemy on the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Okay, Sons and Daughters, Season 6, Episode 3, directed by Jesus Salvador Trevino. Wow. By, well, well done with that pronunciation. Why, thank you. Written by Bradley Thompson. Uh, don't worry, I'll screw something up simple later. So, I'm sure there's a hyperboil waiting for me in the wings. And I'm waiting to point it out. Oh, well, yes, you are. All the time. Grammar Nazi. <clears throat> Not grammar. Pronunciation. <laughs> Whatever. All right, so... To make this uh, synopsis a little funnier, I'm going to substitute the, uh, Alexander's name for Jason Alexander on Seinfeld as George. Believe me, it will make this synopsis much funnier. No. Benjamin Sisko and his crew have been rescued from the uncharted planet in Dominion Space, upon which they were marooned in the previous episode. And they are dropped off at Starbase 375 by General Martok's ship, the Rotaran which still includes Worf as first officer. The Rotaran then picks up some new recruits, including George, Worf's estranged son, who has joined the Klingon Defense Force without his father's knowledge. Not that anything's wrong with that. Worf and Alexander argue... Ah, see, I've already screwed up my, my shtick. Anyway, I'll say it as Alexander. Worf and Alexander argue about Alexander's motivation for joining the military, and Worf tells his son that he does not have the heart of a warrior. Worf had accepted this... And he is now confused by seeing Alexander's determination to fight. Fight. Later, another member of the crew taunts Alexander about not being a true Klingon, as Alexander was raised by humans. And a fight breaks out. Fight. A lot of fighting in this episode. Worf breaks up the combat, which always goes well for a child, afraid that Alexander will be injured or killed, a choice of which General Martok is highly critical. Uh, yeah. Alexander humiliates himself further on the command deck when he mistakes a simulation program for an attack on the ship. (laughs) 
Worf attempts to train his son in personal combat, but is a whining, sniveling... Oh, wait, sorry, we'll get to that. But the training session quickly breaks down to an argument between father and son. Alexander asks if his father will send him away, as he did the last time they were together, and says that Worf will be glad when he is dead. In an attempt to quash the tension between Worf and Alexander, Martok reassigns Alexander to a transport ship, which provokes another confrontation. This is interrupted by a an attack on the ship by Jem'Hadar fighters. Alexander distinguishes himself in the ensuing battle by stopping a plasma leak, though he somehow gets himself locked in a room and needs to be rescued. Worf gains a new respect for his son, as well as an understanding... Why? Why did he get a new respect? All he did was stick his finger in a hole. <laughs> he put his finger in a dike. Ew. It's a dam. Anyway. Worf gains a new respect for his son, really, as well as an understanding that he's an idiot. I mean, uh, that as an adult, <laughs> he must choose his own path and asks if they may start over, saying that he will try to be a better father. The episode ends with Alexander joining the house of Martok, as Worf had done. Meanwhile, on Deep Space Nine, Kieran Reese and Odo attempt to get their new resistant movement off the ground. Gold Dukat brings his daughter's Yal on board in an obviously attempt to sway Kira to his side of the fence, hoping to use Kira's affection to for Yal to bring her closer to him. Closer. Closer, I have Bajoran jungle fever. When Zial's art is accepted into a prestigious ex- ex- uh, exhibition, yeah, I'm sure Ducat had nothing to do with that, Ducat invites Kira to a party to celebrate, sending her a beautiful dress as a gift. Kira is briefly tempted by Ducat's offer, having had conflicted feelings about him. Really? Really? Well, anyway. Having had conflicted feelings about him for some time, but finds that she cannot face herself in the dress and angrily returns it to him. End of synopsis. Ugh. And it was a good synopsis, my Klingon friend. Kaplan. We will drink at the halls of Valhalla. Oh, wherever Valhalla. We will sing songs of Bill's synopsis. We will sing songs of your great synopsizing abilities. <laughs> Ugh. I don't even think even Fresh Gawk could help this synopsis. Fresh Gawk! Well, you know, I, I gotta say, I, I felt like this episode is kind of a letdown after what we've oh, been yeah. doing for the last few days. And and really, my main reason is the fact that I just do not like the character of Alexander. Not only do I find that he's written in a way where he's not likable, but they have an actor playing the part that just does not seem believable that he'd be Worf's son. And I guess maybe that's part of the idea is they want to kind of emphasize the differences between the two of them. But genetics are genetics. And, you know, you don't expect Worf to have a son who's so small and, you know, he's so tiny compared to every other Klingon. And it's not like his mother is a human. His mother was Klingon and Romulan. No, Klingon was Klingon and human. Klingon human? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Klingon human? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I th- oh, I thought she was half Romulan. Okay. But either way, your point still stands that Susie Plaxton is not a small woman. Yeah, there there was nothing to to make you think he should be so petite. And he really is. And also, what is he, seven? I was going to say, but he's only like, you know, technically he should only be still like an early teenager. Now, do do, do Klingons come to physical maturity at that age? Or are they just saying more time has passed in the Star Trek continuum than... It has in our own, you know, reality. No, because there's a, there's a, there's a, in Memory Alpha, there's some discussion about the discrepancy between how old he is versus how old he should be, and, you know, uh, I'm looking for it now. 
It's uh, on memory alpha. It says that the it was practical reasons they couldn't employ an actor who would have been the right age that Alexander should have been, and have him wear that makeup for that length of time, which would have no, been. Nor could you have him the in the episode. Klingon army. No. So <laughs> they well, decided. Well, Klingons may allow you know, just because you know, like you can join, you can join the military mm. with a special. Um, you know, with you can join the military at age sixteen with special permission by your parents, but usually it's eighteen or you know close to seventeen before you can okay, join. Okay, so, so and it seems like a smallish sixteen-year-old human. <clears throat> I agree with yeah. you. Their, argu- their argument was that in Klingon culture, they they are accepted into the version of the military much younger because they're a warrior culture. So that's how they got around it. But the real yeah, reason that's fine. Was, but he wouldn't be assigned to that ship at this point. I don't. But think. this no. actor, all I see. Is I keep thinking this is a different actor than he is. Well, he is a different actor. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not from the other Alexander. I mean that I keep thinking this guy is actually someone else. Right. When I see him because his voice reminds me. I can't remember the other actor. I may look for that while we're talking. But he... well, this this actor is a voice actor on lots of cartoons and stuff. So right. you may know his voice from something else. No, I mean, I specifically picture him as, like, when I look at his actual photo out of the makeup, he looks nothing like the guy I think he should be when he's in the makeup. Like, I see a different actor, and it just just kept taking me out of the episode. The whole episode kept taking me out of the episode, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I just was, compared to the last episode, I could not. I only watched this once. I don't think this is as bad as you're making it out to be, but I do agree mm. with you that the casting of Alexander isn't very convincing. He's not very good. And also, why does he look like a full Klingon? If his mum was half human, then he's only three quarters Klingon. Yeah, only a quarter, but he could he could take more after his Klingon side. But I if suppose. he does, if yeah. genetically Genetics. he takes after his Klingon side, then wouldn't he be bigger? Yeah. So yeah, he could it, have a recessive human gene that makes him smaller. I, I personally think the things that save this one are um, Martok. Yes, Martok always saves every episode he's in because he's just. I love Martok and think he's brilliant. And Guldukat is exceptional in this one as well. It's just his slimy manipulating of, of Kira is glorious to watch because Mark Alamo's clearly having a lot of fun doing it. But the main plot of Alexander being on the Klingon warship just doesn't work for all the reasons that you've said. He's not very well cast. No, not at all. I, I, I found it, it really did take me out of the story repeatedly with the, with the, the actor. I, I just couldn't accept him in the role and and he was just so whiny and and i understand you know that's that's part of the show that's part of the episode and that's kind of what Worf has to understand is that this isn't a young version of him this is uh, a young man who's taking his own path and and learning his own way and and you know taking it at his own pace and all of that and that's kind of the you know the very special message we're supposed to get from this episode is to learn how you know as a parent you're not just supposed to expect your children to be a clone of yourself uh you know point taken but just kind of delivered in a clumsy unenjoyable way i mean i I guess alexander is just trying to since he feels Worf has sent him away and doesn't want to be in his life this is the only way he can think to get back into his life like i don't think alexander really wants to be a warrior he just wants to be with his father (laughs) oh No, I, I I don't even think he wants to be with his father as much as he wants his father's respect. Yeah. And, and he's doing nothing to earn it, really. Not that he's not trying to, but he's just not succeeding at all in, in earning it in everything he does. 
especially seeing as Worf is quite liberal for a Klingon in that he wouldn't expect Alexander to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, but even it's a backhanded compliment. He's like, I knew you did not want to be a warrior. I accepted that. See, that right there hangs, has the silent, like, I accepted that. Yeah, but he accepted it. He didn't say I approved of that. Yeah. He didn't say I approved. I accepted. You accept something sometimes when you like, well, I can't change it one way or the other, or I'm just going to accept this because that's the way it is. I'm not happy with it, but I accept it. But, you know, maybe he he had worded things better, but eh, he's a Klingon. He's a dick. Worf is a dick. That was my note for this. Worf's a dick. Yes, he is. Mostly. Yeah. I mean, he's a likable dick, but he's still a dick. He's not. Alexander, Alexander, is it wrong that Worf kind of sent him away? I mean, granted, that was TV constraints, but I think it was the way it was communicated. You have kept abandoning me. That kind of just didn't sit well. And it was the actor's delivery specifically. Like like we said, the actor's just not selling this. The child actors who played Alexander were more convincing than this. Yeah, and you know, ultimately, I think what it comes down to is he's just not a likable, charismatic person, and we already like Worf, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I don't need to see this. I, I really, that's that's what it felt like to me. Was anybody else thrown off by the opening to this episode that suddenly we we jumped past the rescue that we don't see? Well, last episode the rescue was actually filmed, but they decided it would be better. Like Worf actually beams down and is there. And oh, did no? They didn't film it. They ran out of time. Oh, I thought they did film it, but thought it was be better. No, to cut they, it. no they okay. ran out of light, and it was oh, the editor. Okay. You're, you're 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 almost though. They were going to film an ending, and they ran out of light on the location. And the director did a quick edit of it to say, "Look, the episode actually ends better if we don't film it and don't waste oh, okay. the time." But yeah, the, so that bit was cut out or not filmed, but it was scripted. But we, yeah, we open with Jadzia and Worf, you know, making out. I'm like, am I looking at the right episode? Took the disc out, looked at it again. <laughs> wiped, wiped the dust off it, put it back in. went in Rome, yeah. Yeah, um, so all that happens, and it's Klingon stuff, and it, it has its moments, but it's the usual pompous Klingon bollocks. All the stuff on the station is a little bit more interesting, but again, is Zayal a different actress? No, it's the same. So is she the same actress? Time. Right, but they've recast her on a number of occasions as well. Right. And I'm not overly bothered about Zayal. I just, my, my note for her is like, oh, Zayal, you silly girl. She just doesn't get it. She's so oblivious. She thinks that these two people can be, are the two people that are the most important in her lives that they're going to get together and she's just like oblivious to the fact that they're not. But she, hmm. there for a while it was normal, quote unquote normal. The, yeah. the, 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 these two were on, they were, they were like two doting parents and it, it came across yeah. as genuine, especially by Dakot <laughs> until he... <clears throat> said oh, oh yeah but I then about these dresses for you oh but then he but then yeah but then he gets all creepy when she brings back the dress and he gives the dress that was meant for the woman he's trying to woo to his daughter no not creepy at all ducat well it's called it's galdicat i mean yeah. yeah well everything he does is creepy <laughs> that's what's that's one of the things that's great about him Damar, of course was a pill delivering the dress the moody, the, you know, the emo. Oh, the car thought it would be funny delivering the stress for me. <laughs> I did, I did find it really not clever, but how fast he thinks on his feet when she gives him the dress back and he just goes, "Oh, ZL, I bought you a present." <laughs> That's a smart guy. Yep. I've spent the money, but I'm not going to waste it. I don't believe that they're the same dress size, though. I was wondering that too. I'm thinking. She's going to be a little bit different size, I think. Because Nana Visitor looks like she's lost an awful lot of weight since having the baby. And she wasn't big to begin with. She was always quite quite svelte. 
but she looks a lot thinner this season than she did in the last se- the, the season before last. If only the sh- the station tailor was not uh, off station right now, it could yeah, he could have took it in for her. Yeah. I'm sure Ducat would love that. Yeah, well, that's that to me is the most interesting part of the Zial thing is her relationship with Garrick and how much it pisses Ducat off. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's not present this time because Ducat's off the station. Um, Garrick's not around. Sorry. Right. Okay. So I think we've. Uh, hmm. yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's that much to talk about about this episode. It's just you know, it's it's all father son relationship really, and father daughter relationship. So they did kind of, you know connect well, the sons subplot and daughters, to the regular yeah. plot. Yeah, sons and daughters. But the lessons that we're learning are just, just seem very forced, uh, very just almost uninteresting. Uh, so yeah. it, it, there's not a lot to do with them here as far well, as I'm concerned. Worf is just so overly critical about everything Alexander does that you just you just can't like Worf this, this, this time around. You're like, See, the funny thing is... Dude, I, why don't you I, back I, off a little bit? Why don't you show him <laughs> instead of stand there and just, you know... Ah, See, I think I think you got the right message from it that I didn't, to be honest with you, because I think that's the message you're supposed to be getting. But the message I got is Alexander is so annoying. Oh no, Alexander's <laughs> and, annoying and, and too. I kind, of, I kind of sympathize with Worf, where I, you know, I probably shouldn't, because he is being overly critical. But instead, I'm thinking, you know, I like Worf. I don't like Alexander. So well, ne- well, neither one is coming from. I mean. Again, Martok is the only one, you know, because his the line it says, oh, something if there is no if there's silence between fathers and sons. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, which that's not even in a quote. But yeah, that's a good one where he's like, you know, if if uh, you know, when a father and son don't don't speak, then there's much between them, blah blah blah. Martok takes the time to try to teach Alexander, but then says, Yeah, I'm gonna transfer you. So and I think I think if if it wasn't Worf's son, Martok would never take the time to teach him. He'd be like, "Get this kid off my ship!" Right, you're out. Uh. Yeah, the, this one just feels more like a soap opera, though, doesn't it? And I know there are soapy elements the minute that you start getting more into serialized uh, storytelling. God knows the Flash leans into soap opera far too much. But this, I don't really want soap from Star Trek. I don't mind them exploring the characters, but I've never really been particularly interested in Alexander when KLO's not around. I liked her a lot, but this just, just felt a bit soapy. I mean, I didn't not like it, though. I did enjoy watching it, so there's a, there's a kind of weird disconnect there in that I accept that it's not a great one. It didn't bore me, which like some of the worst ones do. You know, I almost tricked my wife into naming our first uh, child Kalar. <laughs> She's like, "Wait a minute!" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." She's like, "Well, that's a pretty name. Where did you go?" It's from Star Trek. No, you should have said, "I just heard it somewhere." Yeah, so we went with. Catherine. So I still kind of got part of it. I would, see, I would have called her Kalar anyway. Kalar. You are a fine girl. Yeah, she was a Klingon baby. She screamed. Oh my god. Colic. <laughs> she was screaming to Stovacor every freaking day. <laughs> she did not kill you where you stand. <laughs> she might killed me where I stood because I was exhausted. She killed your sleep. <laughs> sleep is for the weak. Yeah, but other than other than that, I mean, I, I get bored of daddy issues as a storytelling device anyway, so this didn't really... Well, this came out at a time where, where I think that was such a popular trope on TV shows. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking Lost was on, wasn't it? No. That was, no, that was like no. the ultimate daddy issue show. Yeah, yeah, Lost. No, Lost only started in 2002. That's like 10 years 
uh, no, that early? Oh, maybe it was. No, I think about it. Yeah. Alias was on the air before Lost was, and Alias started in 2001. Oh, Alias is back on the air. It's now called Whiskey Cat Cavalier. It's Alias Light. Oh. Is it? Who's in it? Uh, the girl from, uh, the lady from Walking Dead. Emma. The one that oh, left. right. Yeah. Right, okay. And, uh, 2004, Lost started. Yeah. Okay, so it's a long ways away. Yeah, Whiskey Cat Cavalier is okay. I don't think it'll last very long, though. There's only one scene that I really liked in this episode, which is when Martok comes in to talk to Alexander. Alexander says, I'm looking for a moment to prove myself. Martok's like, you just had one, dude. Yeah, and you blew it. Yeah, I you did blew like it. Again, go, turned into Robert De Niro. <laughs> from Copland. I think it comes yes. back to what Andy said. Martok is just that actor, that character, just adds it a, a certain, I don't know what, a je ne sais quoi. To any scene he's in. Yeah, I think that's where Deep Space Nine really scores, though. In the supplementary characters are every bit as interesting as the main characters. And in this case, more interesting than some guy they've ported over from Next Generation. I don't care if we never see Alexander again. But Martok is great, and I love We Martok. will. <laughs> oh, do we? Oh, yeah, he's not going away yet. I am surprised they don't kill him. I am surprised they didn't do, take well, the he... to kill Alexander off. On... On Next Gen, wasn't there a future Alexander that yeah. came back and was killed? Yeah. I hated him, too. And wasn't that actor, wasn't that the guy that played the uh, the doctor that... Uh... He's the guy who discovered Odo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. future Alexander. But did, did that guy die in the present, or did he go back in the future and die? I, like, I think he dies in the future, doesn't he? I don't know. We all. I think he does. We all die in the future, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, Touché, terminal, my friend. there's this terminal disease we have called life. Nobody's found a cure for it yet. Yeah, nobody gets out alive. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Alexander's always been a bit of a pain in the ass, hasn't he? Do you ever get the feeling that the writers regret introducing Alexander? No, because you know what? If they truly regretted it, they wouldn't keep bringing him back. Yeah. They would just sweep him under the carpet and move on. Kind of like or just leave him with his grandparents. Like Fraser's yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, Fraser. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Fraser's son, and so it's Fraser, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the point. Ooh, maybe that'll be the the relaunch of uh, Fraser. It'll be Fraser and his son traveling across the country in Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone coming back for that, or just Fraser? Not the dead people. Well, the no, obviously, dad can't come back. But like the dog Roz, and the dad won't be coming back. It's Roz coming back, and his um, his, his Niles coming back. I think at best they and bulldog. All right, okay. And Bulldog, I loved Bulldog. Bulldog was great. Yeah, he was a fun character. He was, he was great, Bulldog. But anyway, none of that is relevant to this episode of Deep Space Nine, other than it was a Paramount show, obviously. And Kelsey Grammer was in an episode of Star Trek. Yes, he was. So should we, should we, should we, should we, uh, should we rate this one then? Oh. Yeah. Go right, on, kidding. Bill. You did the synopsis. Mm. Well, the uh, the station stuff brings it up a little bit. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to go dead in the middle, average. 2.5 limp Norfin Falcons. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a straight middle-of-the-road one. It's elevated by Golda Cat, Nana Visitor, um, and Martok. So, but yeah, I think, um, I think I'd lean towards a three, just because what? I like the season. Well, are you leaning towards a three, or are you giving it a three? I'm giving it a three. I'll give it a three. It's, I wasn't bored by it. And that's always my big qualifier with anything. If it doesn't bore me, I'll forgive it for whatever it's trying to do. But if we never see Alexander again, I won't be upset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
drop Spoiler, it down. he's at the wedding. Oh, uh, right. I, I'm going to drop it down because it didn't bore me, but it annoyed me. And annoying is just as bad as boring as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I put it down, if I put 2.5 as average, which is what I do, I'm going to say this is a 2.0 because I think it's a little below average. That's a relief because I was, I, yeah, I had two in my mind. So 2.0 for me as well. So that's what we say. But what does Blaine say? I don't know. What does he say? What does Blaine say? He's always talking. I don't know what he's saying. What do you say, Blaine? Blaine says, hi, guys. This is a great focus on family. It's nice to see them calling out the fact that Worf is not, in fact, a very good father. Oh, it's also shit. nice. To see, <laughs> it's also nice to see the fam- family. That family. It's also bleh. It's also nice to see the family dynamics matter. Ducat and Ben Sisko have previously bonded over their roles as fathers, and now we see the roles role of parents shift. As a teacher, I see so many divorced parents reflected in the Kira Ducat dynamic where they are literally only in the same room while off-duty for sake of Zial. As for the A-plot, well, attentive listeners know how I feel about Klingon episodes. I'm also not a huge fan of Westerns, so a Klingon story that is an homage to John Ford's Rio Grande has an uphill battle to hold my attention. This was surprisingly successful on that end due to large part to J.G. Herzler's Martok. Worf may put duty before family because of his interpretation of the Klingon way, but Martok adds a depth to his character and to the race that wasn't previously present. His private conversation with Alexander is one of the best character moments of the episode. FYI, the IMDB says Brian Bonsal was 16 when this episode was filmed, but newly cast Mark Warden was 21. Klingon kids age quickly, it seems. Also, Warden was the voice of Tony Stark slash Iron Man in Marvel's animated Ultimate Avengers and Invincible Iron Man movies. It feels a little slow with the attention off of Cisco's group, but it was still a very entertaining episode. Also, again, to being continued is implied. Uh, yeah, I guess it's worth mentioning that Blaine, Blaine brought up, which we did not, and we should have, that this was written kind of as an homage to Rio Grande, which is part of a trilogy of John Wayne movies uh, with him, Victor McLaughlin, uh, and kind of the regular crew of John Wayne actors uh, where John Wayne's son comes in and they don't uh, necessarily get along. Uh, Isn't it his real real life son? I don't think in that one it was it, his real life oh, son. Yeah, because Patrick Wayne, right? Is that who I'm thinking? Um, Patrick Wayne was the Mad Hatter. No, his, that's his real no. son played his son in Big Jake. I'm not sure about in Rio Grande, but there were the three movies. There was this, there was Fort Apache, and there was She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Of the three, this that was the weakest Rio Grande. Um, really? She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. John Wayne was in Fort Apache, the Bronx. Wow. No, no, he was in Fort Apache with uh, Henry Fonda. Was in that one with him. Uh, so I'm working all this off the top of my head. So you have to forgive me if I'm not 100 percent accurate on every single. Point with it, but of the th- of the three of those that were all interconnected, Rio Grande was my least favorite. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, I guess it does kind of pay homage to that, but it's just not nearly as good. And like I said, it was my least favorite of those, and this isn't a really good homage to it. Uh, Martok is kind of the savings grace to it. Uh, Brian Bonsal, I guess, was the previous Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, best known for playing uh, the young son on uh, Family Ties. But I don't know Mark Warden other than what uh, Blaine, you know, attributed to him. 
did we mention the moment between Cisco and Martok? Oh, at the beginning of the episode with the bat, the the blood oh, wine. Oh, yeah, blood wine. Yeah, that'll come back. Yeah. I loved that moment. Uh, not enough to bring it up a grade, but I loved it. Is that Cisco's only appearance in the episode? It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Got the week off. Yeah, just, so well, most people did. Jedzia was there for only a moment, and Cisco was there for only a moment. That sure is a nice Jedzia. Be a shame if something <laughs> happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, all that said, what are we doing next time? <laughs> I have not got a clue. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I'm. Behind the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've found it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that shit. Dev, Dev can fix this. No, but I don't want to now. That was hilarious. Yeah, uh, why, why should he? Oh, f it. Next time's behind the lines. All right, you happy now? Are you happy? Are you happy? Bonded by loyalty. I need you, Odo. The resistance needs you. United by war. We will fight until we can't fight anymore. Now, face to face with the enemy. If only you had stayed with us, Odo. Will Odo turn his back on his people? You belong with your own kind. Or betray the Federation? You just handed the Alpha Quadrant to the Dominion. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're you happy. reminded me of uh, what's the scene in uh, High Anxiety? <laughs> the, the, the takeoff of Psycho, where the guy comes in with the paper. <laughs> you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Okay. Oh, yeah. When he's, yeah. In the shower. Yeah. Well, at that point, High I'm out. Anxiety. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Long. What? No kapla? I need a kapla out of you guys. This was a Klingon. That's better. I was, I was I was raised on Earth by traditional Earth parents. I don't comply. <laughs> if you would have liked this episode, I would kill you where you stand. Glory to your house and your iPod. Ramming speed! Listen to the Prophets at Deep Space Nine Podcast is a two true freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you like to buy stuff from Amazon, and who doesn't, why not drop by the 2TrueFreaks.com website, where if you click the little link that we have there, it will take you straight through that site, and whilst it won't cost you any extra, we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar, which helps create content like this. We very much hope you enjoyed listening to The Prophets. Every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. Rashiko sounds like an Italian dessert. Roshenko? No, it sounds Russian. I was going to say, that's a Russian dessert. Russian dessert. Yeah, because his parents are Russian. Well, okay, you know what? All I'm thinking about is a dessert, okay? It's like tiramisu. (laughs) (laughs) All Dave is picturing is whipped cream, and he can't get beyond that. (laughs) It's like the the Russian version of a cannoli. Can I get a Roshenko? (laughs) It's like a Russian coffee. My name is Roshenko. <laughs> oh, now you've set him off. <laughs> oh, God, Alexander no, no. I am here this? from the Klingon province of Siberia. <laughs> At least he's not doing sexy Kira. Whoops. Oh, oh, no. Ratatino was invented in Glensburg, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it was invented by a little old lady from Kronos. <laughs>